0: What are we doing, gentlemen? What is What's this? going on? <laughs> another, another podcast? That's right. Another we got to have one. Hey, look, I just wanted to get some together with some people that I like and talk college football. Um, how about we don't even do introductions around here? Let's introduce ourselves. Let's do one name, one claim. Austin introduce yourself let's go man
2: what's going on guys this is austin uh, at debbie deets on twitter my bold claim uh since we're keeping a big 10 for tonight is that by the end of the season we're going to be talking about uh wide receiver chris ottman bell as an early day two pick in this year's nfl draft
0: tell i mean elaborate tell me what do you like about
2: chris so, so there's Opportunity to like with Tyler Johnson leaving. Rashad Bateman's there, obviously, but Minnesota's shown they can support two at least uh relevant wide receivers on the roster. And just from the clips I've seen the past two years, I think he's got the athletic ability, he's got the size. Um, he's really got everything. He just needs to put it together for a whole season and a featured role. So that's that's where I'm going with my my bold claim. Listen,
0: I'm gonna say this about the Minnesota Golden Golfers and rowing the boat. He was in Kalamazoo, my hometown, P.J. Fleck was, before he came to Minnesota. He was a former wide receiver at Northern Illinois. I think that like Minnesota is like the easiest place to play wide receiver in college football because of the scheme. Now, I know some people are going to get mad at me about this, but they love to do these long play-action plays combined with double moves, and it, it puts a lot of stress on the safeties because they put their best wide receivers in the slot. And then when you're in quarters and when you're a man and you got to have those safeties cover, it takes a long time for them to diagnose run or pass. And by then, you know, Rashad Bateman or last year, Tyler Johnson, they're, you know, acting like they're going to block and then they run right past you. Um, And so, yeah, I, I, I like the call. I mean, I like the offense that that Minnesota is running. If I was a safety player in Minnesota, I would never bite on the the run because they are always running that play. They are always running past people on that double move, that long play-action play where Bateman or Johnson will come up and act like they're blocking and and then run right past you. So um, I like it because I like the system, and I think that P.J. Fleck is really coaching those guys up to make things look as though they are not. Um, And that's one thing you got to do as a wide receiver is 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 disguise things. And I I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. Matt,
1: what's up, man? What's up, man? I'm excited to be here. Excited to to be talking college football. I get to do a lot of NFL talking on my other show and not a lot of college football. So I'm I'm excited for this. It's going to be a lot of fun Uh, for obviously those of you. For those of you who know me, uh, Sports Fanatic NB on Twitter, and my one name, one claim is going to be, I think, a little bit bold here in Adrian Martinez, quarterback out of Nebraska. I think he is going to move his way into day two draft capital after this year. Obviously, his freshman season, we saw him have a really good year. Last year, not so much. He struggled big time. That whole Nebraska team struggled, but he's got athleticism. I like his pocket presence. He's got touch, accuracy. He can play in the pocket, out outside the pocket. I honestly think he has all the tools to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. We just haven't seen it all come together yet. I think this is the year. I actually think Nebraska will be a good team. I thought they were going to be a good team last year. I think it was just a year ahead of schedule. I I do think they're probably going to get waxed this weekend, but outside of that game, I think Nebraska is going to be good. And I believe in Adrian Martinez.
0: Scott, uh, Nebraska, 27.5 or uh, uh, an underdog by 27 and a half points. Uh, on, on noon on Sunday, yeah, you taking Nebraska? I am. I am not.
1: I. I. My bold prediction might come down to this game later, and I. I. I hide my bias. That I do not hide my bias very well at all with my name tag right there. So I. I'm. I'm gonna take the, the Buckeyes in that, and I'll have a little bit of bold call on that later as well.
0: Listen, Nebraska and their and their AD, they wanted college football. Well, they got themselves some college football because they got three of the first four, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. So um, we'll see. We'll see uh, uh, if Adrian Martinez can – you know, he really looked good as a freshman. Like you said, yeah. like he was very athletic, um, can make throws. He just has to put it all together in his junior season now. And, yeah. you know, we're, I mean, we're seeing some other – we saw Zach Wilson do it. So um, who's to say that Adrian Martinez can't? But, ooh. It's going to be a steep climb <laughs> starting. It, at, is, it is. It is. Absolutely. Starting Good, in, the, in the horse show. It's going to be show. a
2: nice buy low in a couple weeks if uh, anybody's <laughs> right. in the league that's got him. So you uh, timed right, right. that perfectly and you might come away with something there. Well, not if you're in a C2C league
1: with me. I've got him and pretty much him. And there's one league. And I know, Austin, you're in it. Are you in league two or league one of the program? I'm, I'm in league one. Okay, so, yeah, so you're in there with league. me. Yeah. I had no, I honestly thought I had Zach Wilson on my team. I had no idea he wasn't on my team until Brandon got him out of way off waivers because I own him in every single league as well. I know, Felix, you are a massive Zach Wilson fan as well. So I'm, I'm right there with you. He's he's a guy I think is going to be a stud. And no, did you say you have Adrian Martinez in every league too? And mo- yeah, and almost every league that I'm in the C2C league I'm in. Yeah, I've got
0: him. I, I'm guessing that's because. You know, nobody, nobody else wants him.
1: him. <laughs> no, hey, that's no fine. Mind. I want him, and that's all that matters. Hey, I got him really late too, with almost all of them. And I'm I'm cool with that. I I think, man. Again, I could be wrong. That's that's the fun part about this. But I think just from what I saw his freshman year, those those tools just don't go away. That wasn't a mirage. He he had too many good games this freshman year. We'll see. We'll see. It's not going to be fun week one, but I think after that he could he could really show us what he's got.
0: Well, week one, we're sticking in the Big Ten. I'm Felix Sharp. You can find me at Sharp Review on Twitter. Um, if you follow me, you know that I love this player. My one name is Michael Penix Jr. And Indiana is going to surprise this year. Um, you got the 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 Big Ten's uh uh quarterback award, the Brian Greasy Drew Brees Award. Seven of the last nine years has gone to an Ohio State quarterback. Now that's not not that's not it's just not fun. The Southpaw in Bloomington um, might have the strongest arm in the conference. Now, you know, I'm not saying that he's the best quarterback because obviously you got Justin Fields there, but Michael Penix Jr. can spin the ball. Um, He can throw it and you got Watt Fillier, you got Peyton Hendershot, you got Stevie Scott in the backfield. They're running that spread offense. They're making some easy reads for Michael Penix Jr. who can process the field, who can he can throw the ball at every level of the field. Every throw, you want to throw a 15-yard out, he can throw it. You want to throw a 20-yard comeback, he can throw it. He just has to stay healthy. He has not finished a season healthy yet. Uh, he 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 um, took over the starting job for the incumbent Peyton Ramsey. It was very impressive. He wasn't able to, to finish the, the season as a redshirt freshman, wasn't able to finish the season as a redshirt sophomore. Um, we've got to see him play all of the games and what the big 10 is what eight games this season. They start That's the
1: season.
0: Yeah. they start the season at Penn state um, and they've played tough against big 10 teams in, in, in recent history, Indiana. I'm not just talking about Michael Penn. I'm talking about Indiana um, played tough against Penn state last year, 27, 34 loss, lost by one against 27 uh, by one uh, uh, to Tennessee in their bowl game. Um, so I am looking for, Michael Penix Jr. to really have a breakout season. And I don't think that I'm alone in that thought. I mean, there are, you know, PFF likes him. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people like him, and that's because he can sling that rock. All right, let's go to round two. Austin, you want to start us off with round two, one name, one claim?
2: Perfect. So I am going back to another wide receiver, and I'm going to Maryland. And I know most people are probably thinking, hey, Raheem Jarrett, five-star in this year's class, spurned LSU, going to Maryland. But that's not who I'm looking at. Uh, Dante Dimas Jr uh, is going to be is a former 3-star high 3-star recruit uh, true junior led the team in receiving last year he's big and athletic 6'3 217 he's got pretty good hands and honestly the hype he's he's kind of a post hype sleeper people were really on him like a year or two ago he's not really broken out the way people thought but i think a lot of that was down to just Maryland's offense flat out not being very good I mean, what was it like two years ago? They were down to like the kicker or something was playing quarterback. I mean, they, they, they've they just been destroyed uh, the past couple of years with injuries. But with Tua's brother in there now, I'm not 100% sure how good he is, but he's got a lot of weapons there with Demas, Jarrett, um, and a couple of decent running back recruits in the backfield as well. I think Demas is a guy that could potentially put up 800, 900 yards this year and um, show people that you know the hype when he came into school was was justified. You know, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna jump in here because my my second round one name is uh, Talia Um Perfect. and I believe you're right. Uh, Maryland is is in the pro. I mean, they're recruiting very well. You mentioned one of their freshman running backs. One of them is Penny Boone, who's from Detroit yeah. King, um, a thick 225 pound two down bruiser. Um, and so I really like what they're doing there. They also have QB1's Lance Lejean and Tua uh, there in the in the backfield. And I think they are both named co-starters, so we're going to see both of them. But, you know, in the limited action that we saw of, of, of Tua's little brother, and I'm probably going to call him Tua at the time <laughs> or two, he gets the ball out quick. You know, he makes good decisions. That's what I saw in the spring game. Um, so I want to see him. I want to see him. He's he's eligible immediately. He's in the Big Ten for a team that's rebuilding. As you mentioned, they got Rakeem Jarrett, who was a top 10 wide receiver in this class. They got Jayshawn Jones, who busted out as a freshman, dealt with injuries. Um, Maryland is a team that's rebuilding. And, you know, I don't know. I think that the Big Ten is kind of soft. So these teams like Maryland and Indiana and, you know, Northwestern, they might be able to surprise this season because there's the class there's Ohio State is the class of the Big Ten as it is every year, but then after that, you know, uh, is it is it Penn State with Sean Clifford and and you know who is he going to throw the ball? He's going to throw the ten times to Pat Firemuth. Fire you know. So um, I think that the Big Ten is a little soft this year, and I think that 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 Tua, little Tua, and Dante Demus, um, Lance LeJean, Raheem Jarrett, Jayshon Jones, I think that they could surprise this season Matt let's get, get to you for round two who you got what's going on lounge roto
1: um I want to jump on the Maryland train really quick I am okay. with you guys, so I um writing I just finished early right before we started this podcast my big 10 opening preview article for the dynasty nerds group and I touched on all of those guys I love the Dante Demas call there Austin I do think he's I think he has a shot to jump up into that Maybe bottom tier of the uh, wide receiver twos in this class. I mean, he has all the talent in the world, you know, stuff that I've noticed with him. Yeah, his hands aren't the greatest in my opinion, but he's a smooth route runner, great lateral speed. And I agree with you. I think the offense and his quarterback play leading into this year have really kind of hurt him. So whether it's, it's, uh, to, I, I'm horrible with names, Tulia, whatever his name is, or, um, I know that they had said that they weren't going to name the starter, I believe, until, Uh, I think the the day before, so they've got Lance there as well. Whether they co start or however they handle it, both of them are going to be better than anybody Maryland's had the past couple of years, so I like that. I like the Demas call. Um, For me, and again, you guys will learn this as we go throughout these. I'm horrible pronouncing names. I believe it's Nakia Watson. I'm not sure how to say his first name, uh, but the running back out of Wisconsin. And we'll obviously, I, at least I'll talk about him here later as well with the departure of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think he's primed to have a huge breakout year this year with Taylor being gone. I mean, the, the only other running back there I think that may compete with him is Jalen Berger, who I see is more of a a, a pass catching back right now. He's, a, he's an absolute stud. He he's, has all the talent. He's a freshman. I don't think they just throw him out there right off the bat, especially with no real – Spring game or practices, which I think is what we've seen kind of hurt a lot of the other conferences right now is that the limited ability to practice has kind of made some of these games look bad, but, Watson has athleticism size. I love his vision, uh, his burst. When he sees that hole, he gets through it. It helps obviously having uh, a good offensive line like Wisconsin has. They almost always have one of the best offensive lines in the game, but he's looked really good in his limited time. And I think now being kind of given the rock and playing in that offense and they run heavy offense as well. Uh, I think Watson is primed to have a huge year. This year as a redshirt sophomore.
0: I'll, I like it. I like it. Um, We got to talk more about Wisconsin because that is a team that is recently in transition. I mean, they got Jonathan Taylor leaving, had a big injury um, early, you know, about a month or so ago. And so I think we're going to talk a little bit more about Wisconsin as we go on. Hey, let's go one more round. Round three. Um,
2: Go ahead, Austin. Give me. Let's talk more about Wisconsin. We're going right back. Yeah, so you mentioned injury uh, with Jack Cohn's going to be missing. Probably, I mean, I think I I just saw out indefinitely. I haven't seen a timetable for it. Um, But that really opens the door for Graham Mertz, who is a guy that has obviously been on Debbie Radars for the last year. Uh, He's a redshirt freshman this year, was the number three uh, pro-rated quarterback coming out of high school in his class last year. Um, And the plan was never to start him early, so it's not like he's behind schedule. Um, but obviously accelerated a little bit here with cone out. He's got just that nice, easy throwing motion that you can't really teach. You know, you kind of just have it or you don't. I am um, interested to see how he does this year with, like you said, that Wisconsin team in a little bit of transition. I mean, they lost Taylor. They lost Cephas. They lost, I believe, three of their five starters on the offensive line. So there's obviously probably going to be some growing pains, um, and I'll be revisiting that a little bit with my bold prediction for the weekend later. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just interested to see what he does. You know, if he looks decent this year and can build upon it, uh, he's got a couple years left there. Um, I think if he's you know maybe the he might be the fourth or fifth best guy in the in in the Big Ten this year, and I think that'd be a successful season for him. So listen.
0: I feel like Jack Cohn has been the Wisconsin quarterback for the last 14 years. Yeah. Like I, he's just a great, you know, he just kept, it's been the same guy. And, you know, they've relied on that offensive line. They've relied on that running game. I talked about the big 10 quarterback uh, award. The big 10 running back award has like gone to the Wisconsin running back for yeah. like the last eight of, of 10 of 10 years. I think, Graham Mertz has the ability to change what that offense looks like because he can sling it. Um, didn't he throw like you know 14 touchdown passes in the All American game or something like that? Um, he he's he looks impressive, and and the Campus to Canton and Devi community are already high on him. Like you see um, in in Campus to Canton startups, he's already getting drafted high. He's getting get drafted way before Jack Con- Jack Cohn's not even getting drafted. Um, so people already understand that. Um, that he has the talent to make a difference for that Wisconsin team. And it's just – its I mean, it's absolutely crazy that Jack Cohn went down with like an indefinite injury because I thought that we'd have to wait at least another season or for Mertz to actually beat out at some point during the season uh, Jack Cohn. But we get to see him Saturday. We get to see – or excuse me, Friday. Friday. Friday 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 night. We We get to see Graham Mertz Friday. Um, So I'm really excited for that. Um, Matt, let's go to you round three.
1: Well, again, for those of you who may follow me, you'll know that this one is more um, contractually obligated to mention this player. I am a huge fan of uh Buckeye wide receiver, freshman G Scott jr. I think, uh, he obviously came in, I believe he was seven or eight in this class. He was behind the other two in Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who both got recruited by Ohio State as well, behind Rakeem Jarrett, behind Damone DeMoss. Um, while I do think that DeMoss, is, he's just a physical freak. It's kind of hard to say anybody may be better than him. I could honestly see Scott being the best out of the three at Ohio State and even better than Rakeem Jarrett. I think he comes in right now already as one of the most polished route runners at Ohio State, and that's saying something. He came in there. He's got a great wide receiver coach in Brian Hartline. I think that's the one thing that Ohio State has done a great job of. You look at – Guys like Terry McLaurin coming out of two years or a year ago where nobody was talking about him, but because of his route running, he's already learned how to create separation at the NFL level. G Scott Jr. again comes in already with that great body control. He's a huge kid, 6'2, 207. Plays above that size. He's very physical. Uh, he's gonna come in at the X spot, which I think really gives him a shot to be a starter almost right off the bat. They've got Jamison Williams there, who I don't think is over is is greatly talented there, where you're going to have Garrett Wilson, they've already said, is going to be in the slot. So in that H-roll, you've got Chris Olave in the Z. So G-Scott comes in, has a shot to already be a starter for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I, I just think with his physical play and the way he is, he's going to be a great target for Justin Fields. I think he's going to be a guy we are going to start talking about before J-S-N and way before Julian Fleming. Jason I think, is still really talented, but they love Garrett Wilson there so much. I think Jason's kind of going to slide into that, uh, that slot role behind Wilson, so I don't know how much playing time he's going to get. G. Scott Jr., I think, by the time that 2023 draft class comes, we're going to be talking about it as a first-round pick and right up there with the guys of DeMoss and Rakeem Jarrett.
0: So I've heard Matt Waldman say that you, sh- that you should pick um, one player to study who's kind of perfected the craft and then compare everyone else to that. So as far as route running goes, like my, I have two, one is um, Marvin Harrison. The second is Stefan Diggs. Like those guys are route runners and G Scott jr. Is a route runner. I mean, you watch him in the one-on-ones, you watch him in these, in these drills where he's playing against other top players in the country, man. And, you just like cornerbacks just don't know where he is because he is that good of an athlete. And his dad is always on Twitter asking for the smoke. I mean, he's one of those dads that it's G Scott senior. He's always asking for it. Um, And as much as it, man, it hurt. Listen, I grew up in, uh, I'm 33 born in 90 or excuse me, 87, grew up in the nineties in the Charles Woodson era. Um, Ohio State Buckeyes, Charles Woodson versus David Boston. Like, you know, that's what, you know, Charles Woodson was a Heisman Trophy winner. And so it hurts me to talk about, yeah, the I, Ohio State I understand. But, I mean, they're wide receiver. I mean, they they have the commitment for the number one receiver in the class next year. Damn. And they got Jackson Smith and Jigma. And my uh, – round three one name is julian fleming listen we can talk all about all the route running that we want to but julian fleming will run straight through you he is a rich man's dj more in my opinion i think that he already has sub four five speed he's already over 200 pounds he's six two he is um he's he's rated 12 all time according to twenty four sevens rankings rankings are what they are. He's higher than A.J. Green and Stefan Diggs, who we just mentioned. He's higher than Amon Ross a. Brown, who you know a lot of people like out there. When you watch um, uh, uh, Julian Fleming, he's truly a man amongst boys, and I think that there's a reason that he is the highest-ranked wide receiver in this class. He's the number one receiver in this class. I said this when Jadav- when I was watching Jadav- Jadavian Clowney's, Tape. I was like, he should get drafted in the third round of the NFL draft today. When he was coming out as a senior, Julian Fleming could play in the NFL today. He's already over 200 pounds. He's already runs a sub four five forty. And I'm sorry, I'm not the biggest Chris Olave fan. I I think that it's going to be uh, that that Julian Fleming and G Scott and how, are we calling him Jack? What are we calling? Him? What are we calling? I Jack? just call
1: him JSN. JSN. Yeah, it just makes it easier.
0: JSN. I think that they're all three of them are going to be quick studies, and that wide receiver core is all – as freshmen, like the Fab Five, is going to be um, one
2: of the best in the country, um, that wide receiver core. It's funny all that right. you guys have those two because JSN is my favorite of the three.
1: Is he? So I guess it, it? Yeah. That's going to be a staple of this podcast. Now moving forward, is who's going to who's going to be the most
0: ride right on those three? No, we no, just so angry. And not talking about so Ohio angry. State again after the, after <laughs> this. Ohio
1: State will be mentioned at least five times every podcast. I will just promise you that.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Big Ten. Next man up. We're going to talk about vacated production. We talked a little bit about that, but who is going to fill? These spots, we got a lot of of spots opening up in the Big Ten, including this week with Journey Brown saying that, you know, he's not playing this season. It was a big I know it's a big disappointment for the Debbie community in its entirety because, you know, we thought that we had a third running back in this class, a third tier one running back to go with Travis Etienne, to go with um, uh, Najee Harris. And we thought that Journey Brown could could reach that level. Not going to play this year. What do we think about how that spot is going to be filled? Go ahead, Austin.
2: Yeah, so I think uh, the Debbie community at large is kind of latched onto Noah Kane, and I get it. Um, and I partially agree. I mean, I think he's the natural choice to step into that role. I mean, he was already kind of a co-starter last year. Um, a former four-star guy. He's built like an NFL back 5'10", 226. Um, And he had, I mean, almost 100 carries last year, about 450 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, So I think going forward, he's going to get all the chance in the world to play. But Penn State just recruits these athletic freaks at running back. So I wouldn't be shocked to see some Devin Ford. He's a little bit smaller, a little bit shiftier. He'll probably kind of be the Noah Kane of last year in terms of uh, spelling Uh, the starter. Um, But then Kaziah Holmes and K-Bone Lee, I don't know how you guys feel about the two of them, but I was looking today. uh, Holmes was listed at 179 on 24 seven and Penn state has him at 209. So the kid has already gained 30 pounds uh, (laughs) in their off season, like their, their renowned off season training program. So, I mean, I could see, you know, one of those, those guys, you know, filling in and looking great as well. Go ahead, Matt.
1: I mean, I, I think I think Austin nailed it. For me, I would say it's probably going to be mostly Kane and Ford this year. I, I don't know for sure, though, that Brown will be out the whole year. I know um, I retweeted a video. I think it was on Snapchat. It may have been an Instagram's live story. Uh, he posted a thing that he kind of hinted at that he plans on coming back, hopefully, at some point in time this year. He All he indicated was I for sure won't be able to play this week is what he said in the video. So I'm hoping he comes back. Um, I bef- Well, I'll, I'll ask you a question after you give yours. But yeah, for me, I think it's, it, it's definitely going to be, in my opinion, Noah Kane and Ford. I mean, maybe one of those freshmen will get some run there. But I think Penn State does have, I would say, visions of possibly making the playoffs this year, especially with the way that the SEC has kind of gone down with the way they're beating up on each other. I'm not sure the Pac-12 has a team that I'd really believe in that has a playoff chance. So if Penn State only loses to Ohio State this year, I think they have a realistic shot of making that fourth playoff spot. So I think they're going to kind of go with those veterans that they have there and Noah Kane and then a guy like Devin Ford as well to kind of come in as, as Austin mentioned to kind of spell him when he needs it.
0: Well, we've got, you know, speaking of getting that fourth playoff spot, uh, Penn State is only a six-and-a-half-point favorite at uh, Indiana. This Saturday. Now, that is the lowest margin um, in the last three years. And they and that was before they lost Journey Brown. So, you know, somebody in Las Vegas is like, mm, this one is going to be close. Um, so. So let's see. I'm I'm a, listen. I trust in that Penn State strength and conditioning program. They are doing they they had Troy Apke and Mike Gusecki. And then, I mean, obviously, Saquon, all of them were all bars up like highest 40 time, highest uh, uh, verticals, highest uh, three cone. I mean, and so they can develop some players. I don't really I mean, that's not I just don't have a favorite um, out of the folks there because I was so invested in Journey Brown. Like I wanted to see Journey Brown. I wanted to see Journey Brown go to the 2021 uh, NFL combine and run a four two nine. And 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 you know put up twenty something on the on the uh, uh, on the bench press and just be the all around athlete that I thought that he would be. So I, I'm a little I'm a little I don't know about Penn State this year. You know we we're gonna have to see some gr- growth from Sean Clifford um, if they're gonna be what they think they're gonna be. Well, let me ask you
1: on, uh, on on Journey Brown then since we're talking about him because obviously that is the big talk, right, with him going out. A lot of us – I had him at four uh, in, in my rankings, I'm sure. I, where did you guys have him with yours in this base just if he was to come out in the 2021 class? One? Okay. Three.
0: I know this is, is an audio medium. I had him one. One. I had him one so, because he has the highest ceiling. Journey Brown has the highest ceiling. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you on that. He is the he was the running back that was most likely to test like a Jonathan Taylor or like a uh, Saquon Barkley at the combine. In, in addition, I mean that that Cotton Bowl against Memphis that was him scratching the surface, and he was going to carry the load this year and, and tear up the Big Ten because he's just he's big and he's fast. He can I thought that he would develop as a pass catcher, and it's a Penn State running back. They've had Saquon, they've had. Uh, Miles Sanders and, and and Journey Brown was going to be the next one. So, mm. so you you mentioned the combine there. Then, so
1: now that you have him at one, that probably makes it a little bit easier for you to answer this. But Austin, since you have him at three say that he doesn't play this year and you know that's not anything he can control it's a medical thing that is it's unfortunate we all wanted to see him play like like Felix was just talking us we wanted to see him develop more cuz we all agree i think that he was just scratching the surface last year but say he has to sit out all year we've already seen Najee and Travis Etienne who i imagine are the two you have above him correct yep all right so same same for me and i have Chuba right now still ahead of him um so say that we see all those three or i guess those two for you continue to look as good as they have been Then Journey Brown, he's able to train and everything, goes out and just completely destroys the combine, as we expect almost every Penn State player to do, as you guys mentioned with their strength and uh, conditioning program. What does that do for Journey Brown stock for you? Because I would imagine some people are still going to have him pretty low. as I don't know if he'll get that NFL draft capital because he has such limited tape, even though he has such a good combine.
2: Yeah, so I think the big question for me that he still wouldn't answer is his ability as a pass catcher. And I think that's what has him at three for me as opposed to Etienne, who's my number one um, by a pretty decent margin, and then Najee, who's number two. And I think if if he sits out all this year, declares, goes through the whole combine process, he could could possibly jump Najee for me. I mean, I like him a lot, but I don't think the ceiling is quite as high as the other two guys that we're talking about here. But yeah, without that pass catching, you know, tape, I I think it would be hard for me to really truly bump him up to like an early first round, you know, after, you know, mixed in there, like after Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields and a super flex, you're thinking, you know, maybe I'll take journey Brown. I think that'd be a little too, too high for me, but I don't know how you guys feel about that.
1: No, I agree with you. I mean, in, in a, in a discord channel, I was talking with some people about this the other day and I, I hate to put it this way because I kind of feel like it's, I don't want anything bad to happen for journey Brown because I think he's a phenomenal player and I can't wait. I do think he's an NFL back. Can't wait to see him get in there. And the way I put it is for us, Debbie people or C2C people who have paid attention and know how good journey Brown can be. If he's not able to play, I think for us, just fantasy-wise, that is a great thing for us because he's going to fall to the third, fourth, maybe even fifth round, which means we can get him in the third and fourth round of our rookie drafts because people are like, oh, he doesn't have the draft capital. You know, he hasn't proven this and that, where I think once he gets on the field, you know, I I equated it to as a Philip Lindsay James Robinson thing where they had the talent that once they were given the shot, they showed that they could be starters. Now, Journey Brown is much better than both of those, and that's. but that was my point was once he gets on an NFL team, once he's given the shot, he'll prove he deserves to be a starter. And you got him in
0: the third or fourth round of your rookie draft. 2020 is definitely interesting because of the opt outs, because of people opting out for health reasons or, or to preserve their draft status or uh, draft status, or in the case of Puka Williams, just because he wasn't playing that well. Um, So um, it'll be interesting to see if journey Brown does decide to come out. I mean, it's, it's going to be it's a, it's an interesting year for a lot of reasons. Let's go back to Wisconsin. We talked about um, – we compared Journey Brown to, to Jonathan Taylor and, and um, the, his ability to test similar to Jonathan Taylor. What is that backfield going to look like behind Graham Mertz? What are we going to see there? <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I think Watson's going to be the one who takes over. I do think Berger is going to get some run and I'm excited to see him. Again, as I mentioned earlier, I've got that big 10 article that will be dropping on Friday. Those are the two main guys with Mertz that I mentioned in the Wisconsin part of it that I, I really can't wait to see. I don't, my biggest fear again is, and I said it earlier is with the weird kind of off season that we've had for college football, limited practices and everything. Will Berger see the field early? Will is it going to take three or four games before he finally gets out there? Watson, I, I, I really do think is going to go out there and have a really good season. I, I, would not be surprising. Again, some of that might be. Again, they they even though they've lost the players on their offensive line that they have, they always recruit offensive line well. Always have a really good offensive line. So I think Watson will benefit from that. And as you mentioned earlier, Felix, with how good Mertz can look, and, and you as well, Austin, with the ability that he has as well, I think that's going to open up lanes for Watson as well. His biggest issue, and I'm, I am I want to say almost it's profiled for every Wisconsin back, is he hasn't shown the pass catching ability, which we know Berger has coming out of high school. Uh, but it do, doesn't mean that Watson can't do it. We said the same thing about Jonathan Taylor and Melvin Gordon years ago, and they've both proven that they can do it as well. So that's something I'm watching with Watson, but I still think he's
0: going to be the one that takes the job. Nakia Watson is 5'11, 230 pounds. Last year, he had three receptions for one yard. Um, I, I think that. Is that good? I, is that good? Um, I'm not sure. It's an average of a third of a yard per <laughs> per catch. I mean, you know, um, look at that quick math there. And I, and I went to public school. Um,
1: I'm glad so, one of us is Austin. Awesome. Are you good at math? Because don't come to if you're like, what is two plus two? Eight. So that's a good that's a good average. We're good to go
0: here. Matt, I'm going to play a little bit of devil, devil, devil's advocate for you because I was very high on Jalen Berger. Outside of Tank Bigsby and Jamar Gibbs, um, it, for me, it was Jalen Berger. Because he is listed as an all-purpose back, and he is that. But not only that, um, you can see it on his high school tape that he doesn't play game. He doesn't take nonsense. Uh, he is a physical runner. He can run wheel routes. He can line up in the spot if you need to. And we talked about Graham Mertz. Uh, listen, I really believe that Graham Mertz is going to make that Wisconsin offense look different. I think that they're going to be passing a little bit more because that because he can do it. Because he can do it. Uh, quarterback is not – you're not going to have to hide your quarterback with Graham Mertz throwing the ball. And if they have built the offensive line the way that they have, you know, every other season at Wisconsin, Graham Mertz is going to be protected. And you'll be able to, you know, throw the ball vertically, throw wheel routes to – To it's not going to be Watson. It's going to be Berger out of the backfield. And because um, Watson is – he looks like a two-down thumper, to me that means Berger has to get on the field because he has to be there on third down. I don't know that there's somebody else there that's going to take uh, that third down role. And I'm just very impressed with Jalen Berger. I know, I know that a lot of people are, and we talked about um, uh, Penn state being able to develop talent, talent and turn out these al- athletic freaks freaks. When's the last time we've been disappointed with a Wisconsin running back? You know, I have to go back as a Lions fan, all the way back to Brian Calhoun when we took him in the third round or whatever it was, and then he did nothing for us um, um, in Detroit. But Wisconsin is always turning out running back talent. So if it's Wisconsin um, recruiting a running back, or if it's Iowa recruiting a a tight end, or if it's um, Ohio State recruiting a a, a, um, a quarterback, I'm going to give those teams a benefit of the doubt for the position that they're known for producing. And so – Listen, I think I think that Jalen Berger is going to find himself right behind Jamar Gibbs and Tank Bigsby as the the one of the freshman running backs to watch. Um, let's go a little bit east to Ann Arbor. I said I grew up a Michigan fan. Listen, we had we've had a lot of, I should say they they had a lot of talent leave. Nico Collins opted out for the season. Tariq Black transferred to what Texas. Uh, Donovan People Jones. Peoples Jones was drafted by um, the 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 Browns, and then Shea Patterson. I think he might be on the Chiefs practice squad or somebody's practice squad. There, that that's a lot of vacated production. Jim Jim Harbaugh is on the hot seat. What is that offense going to look like in twenty twenty?
2: <laughs> I'll start Sorry, off. I'm- I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that Michigan is recruiting athletes at the wide receiver position and then hoping that they can develop them further down the line, at least if their last two classes are anything to go by. Um, Ronnie Bell is the big guy that's coming back. Uh, He led them, I think, I don't don't know if it was all categories last year or not, but I know it was certainly in receptions and yardage. Um, So he's going to be the number one guy, but after that, it's pretty wide open. I'm putting most of my chips, I'm pushing them in on Cornelius Johnson, um, the rare Northeastern high-end wide receiver recruit. Um, What is he from, like, New Hampshire or Massachusetts? He's from some small state that doesn't ever produce anything. Um, So I just found that very interesting. But he is just an athletic freak. He's 6'3", over 200 pounds. I think that he's a guy that's going to have opportunity. And I think in college, opportunity is you know, three quarters of the game. So I'm looking for him to really make a step up this year with whoever they have behind center. I'm not sure who that'll be. I don't think, I don't know if they know who that'll be yet, but.
0: Well, it looks like it's going to be Joe Milton. Listen, I don't know anything about Joe Milton, but I know this. He didn't beat out Shea Patterson last year. Okay. He didn't beat out (laughs) Shea Patterson. So um, I tend to, when's the last time you've been excited about taking a Michigan player in Devi are having them roster. I mean, you've been more excited about a Western Michigan player uh, more recently than a Michigan player. They've got Chris uh, Chris Evans and Zach Charbonnet, both of whom, to me, are two down running backs. So I'm not excited about them. I'm not excited about their quarterback situation. Listen, the the problem is is that this vacated production, I don't think it's going to be filled by anybody. What's going to happen is in 2021, JJ McCarthy is going to come there, and he's going to be the starting quarterback from day one. That's my opinion. He's my uh, my second ranked quarterback in that class. He can move. He can throw the ball off platform. I think he's really talented. Why the hell would you want to go to Michigan? I don't I don't understand. So I question his judgment. But um, this Michigan offense wasn't that good last year. Nico Collins has opted out. I do like Ronnie Bell. He's a, he's a smaller receiver. He's, you know, one of these speed, you know, kind of shifty guys. Um, but I, I don't know. I, Michigan, you know, they're still running with three and four, five tight ends, as many tight ends as they can get on the field. I think that they're actually still calling student body right in the huddle. Like, I think that they're still they're still doing it. Like, I think that they're still doing it. So, um so, right. real quick, Johnson, yeah.
1: was he's out of Greenwich, Connecticut there, Austin. Connecticut. And, okay. and I, I'm, I'm really with strong. you as well. I feel like – we're, we're in lockstep here, Austin. He, he's the guy that I wrote up in that Big Ten article to watch out for. I think, you know, as you mentioned with Nico Collins going out, he's hes just a big-bodied guy. I really like him, I think. You know, the one thing I've heard on Joe Milton, I don't know much about him. I don't pay much attention to that team up north, you know, whenever they actually – make the game competitive. I'll pay attention to him. Uh but I've heard Joe Milton has a cannon. And so I am interested to see. He he does scare me a little bit. I know he could beat out Shea Patterson. He scares me a little bit. I heard he's got a cannon, but yeah. Cornelius Johnson was the wide receiver I said to uh, to watch this weekend when they uh go up against Minnesota, right? Primetime Saturday. It's going to be at Minnesota, game. yeah. I cannot wait.
0: Who are you all taking in that game?
2: Well, oh, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Less turnover. I think that's the key thing. Yeah. I just don't know if that—I mean, you'll, you'll be able
1: to answer this. I don't know. I, I'm not 100% sure anybody on that defense is going to be able to slow down Bateman and and Outman Bell. That, that's kind of my big fear for, for that game. No, I, I,
0: I agree with you. And P.J. Fleck, he gets yeah. a feather in his cap against Jim Harbaugh. Uh, are we ready to turn to bowl predictions to close out this show? Yeah. Yes, right.
2: Feeling bold. Yes, yeah.
0: let's do it. Um, let Let me start off here. We got. We got. Uh, I talked about Michael Penix. I talked about the six point five line. Uh, that being the 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 the, the um, uh, lowest or 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 uh, the shortest margin in the last three years. And I, I've got Penn. I've got Indiana is just going to beat Penn State. I think in, I think Michael Penix Jr. is going to throw for 275 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, and you know it might be a high scoring game. I don't know who Sean Clifford is going to throw the ball to, to, other than Pat Fire Firemuth and Theo Johnson. They've got two good tight ends. I don't know who they're going to have on the outside, um, but I know who who. Michael Penix Jr. is going to throw to. He's going to throw to Watt Fillier. He's going to throw to, uh, to Stevie Scott out of the backfield. He's going to throw to Peyton Hendershot. Um, I like Indiana this year, and that is a team on the rise. I think they're going to start the season off 1-0, upsetting Penn State. And uh, so go Ho- Hoosiers. I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. Matt, what do you got? Bold predictions. Uh, my first one,
1: I'm going to go with Purdue Rolls. Uh, golly, I just I just had it here. I forgot who they're playing now. Man, I, I was all ready to go for that, and I just completely Iowa. forgot. Iowa. I think that uh Purdue Rolls, Iowa, I do think it's going to be a, a high-scoring game. Rondell ba- Bateman. Rondell Bateman. Rondell Moore. Comes back. Let's. Can we stop? We're going to re record here. All right. right. We're going to start all over. Purdue is going to beat Iowa. They're going to a huge offensive game. I think Rondell Moore is going to come back with a vengeance, prove why he was, for many people, that wide receiver one or two of this class before he got injured. I think he's going to put up 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns.
0: I like it. I like it. Austin, give me something.
2: So I'm this is my big ten bold prediction of the week. I have Wisconsin losing this week. I just think against Illinois, I don't think it's necessarily because Illinois is something special. I just think Wisconsin, like we were talking about earlier, lose your quarterback, lose your running back, lose over half of your starting offensive line, and with a different quarterback come that has a different skill set than what they generally have, I think is gonna come with some growing pains. I just think they're going to be kind of a slow start by the end of the season. I think they could be rolling and it wouldn't shock me at all, but I think they're going to start off slow here. So I have Illinois going to go and beat Wisconsin this weekend.
0: Maybe we have Illinois rising for the first time since Juice Williams and Aurelius <laughs> Ben and Mikel LaShore was there. And, uh, oh man, what's the DN for uh, the Houston Texans who played there? I can't remember his name, but um, yeah, let's go Alina. It's been a long time since the, you know, the Kurt Kittner days when he was tossing the ball around. Listen, Notre Dame's not in the Big Ten, but I'm going to take uh, uh, Notre Dame because they, you know, they usually have a Big Tenish schedule playing a couple Big Ten teams. They're the number three team in the country. I'm sorry. After that showing against Louisville, I just, I don't buy it. We're going to have another top five team go down, and they're going to go down to a quarterback named Jerkovic. You got Jerkovic. Addison, who else is on Pitt?
1: Oh, no, you're Kenny. Pickett. Yeah, you're talking Boston Kenny Pickett. College. Kenny Pickett's the quarterback of uh, Pitt Jerkovich is Boston College. That's my guy. Oh, you're right. That's I'm my sorry. Guy. I'm sorry. I've got I've it's got late, guys. Well, it's well, late.
2: Pickett might not even be playing this weekend. We still don't know. Yeah, I heard that he might be out. Yeah, which all suck. right. Well, I'm well, sorry to burst that balloon if that was where you were going.
0: Yeah, no, well, I've got I've got I've got uh, Pitt Pitt beaten beating Notre Dame this week, and we have the the second week in a row where a top-five team goes down. Matt, what do
1: you got? All right, I'm going to stick in the Big Ten. I'm going to give two uh, bold predictions for the Big Ten. Uh, Nebraska-Ohio State, got to stick with my butt, guys, here. Uh, I think it is going to be close through the first half. I'm talking three, maybe a touchdown difference going into halftime. Once the second half starts, though, Justin Fields comes out. They roll. Justin Fields, 380 passing yards, one rushing touchdown, four passing touchdowns. G. Scott Jr. gets his first college-receiving touchdown.
0: All right. Um, this is not a Big Ten bowl prediction. It is a um, a player that I hold near and dear to my heart, and that's Zach Wilson. Matt, who you brought up before, um, Zach Wilson, BYU. They're going to be taking on – Texas State at ten fifteen Eastern time, which is God's time. And uh, and I've got Zach Wilson. He's going to go for 500 yards and five touchdowns because, listen, I think that BYU is going to use Zach Wilson's play to elevate the status of their program, and I think that they're going to push for him to to win the Heisman Trophy. They're going to be checking it, and he is playing well out of his damn mind. He is completing nearly 80% of his passes. And he, he's not just doing the Taj Boyd thing and throwing bubble screens to Sammy Watkins. He is throwing the ball down the field. He's averaging 12 yards per attempt. He's throwing the ball to Mitt Romney's nephew, Gunnar Romney. He doesn't, doesn't even have uh, Matt Bushman. He's got two running backs in Lapini Katoa and Tyler Algier in the backfield. But they're going to have to catch the ball because I think BYU is going to continue to uh, to sling the ball. They're calling they're calling him Mormon Manzel. He's not Mormon Manzel to me. He's Mormon Russell Wilson. And I read an article today from Yahoo. I think it's Pat Forty. And you know, I read the article. They're saying good things about my boy Zach Wilson. And then some NFL scout calls him athletic. Gardner Minshew and says that he's going to be a high end backup. And I felt attacked personally. And I wanted to fight him. Okay. So, and, and you know what? I bet you that, uh, that, 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 that kid is, may have seen that. And so I think that they're going to go out and stomp Texas State, which is 55th out of 77 in total defense, you know, there in the, so, so uh, I think that he's going to show out. That game's going to end at two o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. Again, God's time. But
2: uh, it's going to be well worth it for me. I'm going to be watching it. Austin, let's go to you. What you got? So, this might be the boldest thing I've ever said. But I think Florida <laughs> State's going to be on a two game winning streak after this weekend. <laughs>
1: okay. They,
2: they looked decent last week. I mean, I know North Carolina was shooting themselves in the foot that first half. They kind of brought it back in the second half because Florida State was, you know, playing a little softer. But this Louisville team, I mean, they they have Atwell, they have uh, Javian Hawkins. uh, I mean, Cunningham is really hit or miss. I think they're going to force a bunch of turnovers. I think they're going to just try to get after the quarterback, and I think they're going to just scrap one out this weekend. I think they're going to win.
0: Matt, you got one more to
1: close us out? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how bold this is, but I am taking uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats to go to 4-0 and and beat uh, SMU, who is sitting at 5-0 and right now. Uh, I think Desmond Ritter is uh, a little bit of an underrated QB A guy not a lot of people are talking about. Has not had a great year this year uh, with the six touchdowns and four interceptions, but leading up to this year, I thought he'd been playing pretty good. Uh, Gerard Dokes. Has completely made Jerome Ford irrelevant, which I was not expecting at all this year in the in the backfield. I thought Ford going to Cincinnati was going to be a good thing uh, for him, but I think Ritter and Dokes kind of power together to beat SMU and go to four and O and continue their uh, possible
0: playoff hopes alive. Look at this, we did it. I mean, we did. We what do we do? We said a week ago, should we be talking about college football on microphones? We're like, yeah, let's do it. And so we did it. We did it. I don't know what we're going to call this podcast, but hey, we hope that. Uh, I think we're going to try to record on Wednesdays, right, Matt? Yes, sir. That works for you guys. We're going to come up with a name, and we will be back with you next week. Peace.
1: Side of the field intercepted by Eli. Five, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42-20. to 20. Here's Tua
0: stepping back,
2: loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama! And the Crimson
0: Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. For Watson takes a snap, rolls right. looks to the end zone. Hunter at the cut. Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and the grabs a 34-31 lead, and is one. Second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. 93 yards for the freshman.